The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Um, I think that this week is going to be a a pretty important conversation, uh, a pretty important topic. My guest this week is going to be Victoria Rothman, a body piercer that I haven't known for a very long time, but, uh, you know, I've always liked Victoria, hold her in really high regard, and especially uh, coming on the show to talk about this subject. And we're going to talk about equality in the industry, particularly with an emphasis on racial equality, but also on gender equality. Um, I don't want to pretend that, uh, uh, you know, body piercing as an industry or as a, as a community is, um, you know, exempt from the same issues in overall society. Uh, there is inequality present. And, uh, you know, if you're the type of person who feels like there is no inequality or that um, this subject doesn't really pertain to you, I I think you're the exact kind of person that needs to really sit down and and really listen to it. Um, You know, not to say that you just have to listen to mine. Uh, Will Von Doom also did a really good episode of his podcast, Real Talk. Uh, He had Alicia Cardenas, Muto Hernandez, and Trevor Thomas talking about uh, the same subject. So, you know, if you uh, like this conversation, if you like this episode, you know, definitely go and listen to to Will's episode too. If you don't like this episode, if you don't like this conversation, still go listen to Will's. Really important topic. And I really want you to take the time to listen to, to what's being said. Um, you know, it's, it's really important, especially for the people out there who feel underrepresented, misrepresented. Um, this is a really important topic, you know, and I think it's, it's, uh, the duty of all of us to really pay attention, listen to the dialogue, um, involve yourself in the dialogue, uh, wherever you find it appropriate. And, you know, let's try to move the industry forward. It's all about progression. So um, take it seriously. I'm not going to be plugging seminars or T-shirts or any of that stuff. I really just want you to take the, uh, the matter seriously and give it an honest listen. Uh, I thank you for your time. And let's get into the interview this week with Victoria Rothman. My name is Victoria Rothman. I work at Graceland Tattoo in Wappingers Falls, New York. Um, you can find my Instagram at victoriamod underscore. So, um, you are actually in my house in Nashua, New Hampshire. Um, you've, you've been to Nashua before. You, you came out and you shadowed for a day. How long ago was that? Like a year ago? That was about a year ago, yeah. About a year ago. Um, so you're back, I would assume, for holiday stuff. Yes, I am. And uh, I, I thought, well, if you were going to come up again to the shop, this would be a really good opportunity to record a podcast because I wanted to record a podcast with you for a little while. And um, I actually completely forgot what we were going to record about. I thought it would just be like, oh, we'll just talk about stuff or maybe like, because I've had apprenticeships on my mind lately. Somebody sent me an email asking about, um, you know, oh, have you ever talked about apprenticeships on the show? And uh, I know that you're, you're, you've got a pretty good working relationship with Jeff Saunders too. Yeah. You're going to be teaching a class together and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So, uh, but I didn't really realize the topic we kind of plan on talking about was like a heavy topic. Yeah. 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 We originally, we had spoken about discussing kind of race in the industry, um, and a little bit about 
what's going on, the general climate of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, you're writing an article for The Point? I am. Um, it's an article that's taken quite a bit of time to write. I had a mixed experience at conference, mm-hmm. and a lot of it I enjoyed, um, and some of it kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to sort of find a way to kind of talk about it um, because I had heard that other piercers of color sort of kind of felt the same way, kind of had similar experiences, not only piercers of color, but also female piercers. It's right. kind of a wide, a little feeling of, I, I would say, I guess, discomfort mm-hmm. um, amongst some people. Would you would you kind of put it more in the ignorance category or the malice category or somewhere I in between? I would say mostly ignorance. Okay. I don't think there's a lot of malice going on. Um, you know, there are bad apples in every bunch and that does sure. not speak for the group at all. But there has sort of been this ongoing sort of for... Time for progression. For, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I agree. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to bring a general awareness to maybe some topics that haven't been spoke about as much that um, I think are starting to rise to the surface a bit and should be spoken about. Right. Do you feel like any of that is linked to kind of... So I've definitely noticed over the last year or two, just in overall society, a lot of people that feel underrepresented, uh, they're just... They're, they're, they can't stay quiet anymore, and they just want to say, like, you know, you don't need to change the world, but you have to understand that there's different people in the world. And I think just a lot of people don't see it that way, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I would agree with that. I, I feel like it's really hard um, to feel outnumbered, to feel a little bit outcasted in a group that you you feel like you belong in, and to kind of speak up. And try and be heard, and then to have somebody tell you that, no, your opinion isn't valid because you're just simply too outnumbered. Right. Okay. So before we get too much into it, just as far as terminology goes, is person of color the correct terminology to use? Or is there a sure. better, I mean, there better uh, terminology? Some people are going to be you know, fine with their ethnicity. Some people are going to be fine with their race. Um, I find generally person of color is pretty safe all around. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody said like, oh, you're black, I, I wouldn't have a problem. I identify as black. I identify as African-American. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I'm fine with. For, for someone like me, like um, one of the harder things that I've had to learn working with the APP board of directors is just just starting with terminology. You know, terminology is really difficult to work with a lot of the time, you know, especially when it comes to gender identity and things like that. So. You know, if someone's kind of thinking in the back of their mind, like, oh, do I say black? Do I say African-American? Do I say person of color? Do I, what do I say? Generally, it's pretty safe to ask. I mean, it gets kind of strange when you're like, hey, you know, what are you? That, that's not really cool. Right. Um, but, you know, you can start with person of color and if it's obvious and, you know, somebody might say something and, you know, people make mistakes all the time. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get your head bitten off or right. you should bite someone's head off. Mm-hmm. So is it is it appropriate in kind of when you talk to someone about gender identity issues to say, you know, what kind of pronouns do you prefer? Is it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It kind of mirrors that. Okay. It's very similar. Okay. Just what you're comfortable sharing, you know, what were some of the things at conference that made you uncomfortable? And you can use generalities if you want, but is it is it just the fact that it's it's a lot of white faces at conference? 
Not even so much. There are going to be a, a lot of white faces. That's kind of the direction that our industry went in, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Some of the issues uh, were really amongst individuals who felt it was okay to act a certain way towards someone else because either they were they felt they were in a higher position of power, mm-hmm. possibly because they weren't going to be called out for it. Generally, it was people in slightly higher positions of power who kind of felt a little safer, uh, being a little more reckless with their words, mm-hmm. actions. So I, I know that there are lots of piercers, and I've seen it over over my career and lots of years going to conference. You know, there are certain tiers of people. There's like the um, the timid kind of first time attendee, or I haven't been there much, or you know, I don't have every connection in the world. And then there's the um, I've been there a few times. You know, I still am trying to make my social connections and do this and do that. And then there are those like you know, oh, I've taught classes, or oh, I'm a member. I've I've guest spotted I've done this and I've done that where they kind of have this air of like you know well I'm I'm better than or greater than or and that that means that I can flirt with someone I shouldn't flirt with say something I shouldn't say casual do you feel like it's and and not to make any excuses do you feel like alcohol makes that more prevalent and more obvious absolutely definitely um there is a lot of alcohol at conference right and there are a lot of people at conference Mm -hmm. and sometimes in that context and even just in the context of hey this person's been here a long time i don't want to call them out yeah um a lot of things kind of slip through the cracks Mm -hmm. um whereas maybe if your buddy was acting that way you would say hey dude you can't do that that's not cool right you know hey let's go over here right you know when it's someone who you've looked up to for five years and maybe you want to be where they are Maybe you're not going to call them out on that. Um, yeah. And that's when it begins to be problematic. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. You know, there have been plenty of times where I've had people kind of pull me aside or, you know, and, and I see it as as worse in a way where it's after the fact. You know, you get home from conference and it's a week or two or a month or a year later and someone's like, hey, you know, I had this bad experience. And it's like, wow, you know, like... It makes me feel it makes me feel ashamed because I've put I put a lot of work and time into the the APP and now being on the board like the APP conference and all these things and um, you know I know sometimes people think that the APP drags its feet or doesn't do anything but you know we spent probably a solid year trying to just think of what we can do and it's it's really disheartening to realize that no matter how many policies we put in place you know hey like a don't be a dick kind of a policy. Um, human nature is still going to make people feel like they have to kind of, you know, use a position to, to get what they want, whether it's attention or whether it's something else or, or whatever, you know, it's, it's a super bummer to see that. And especially it's a super bummer when you hear that it's someone who's been to conference a bunch of times and like, they've seen the environment that the APP tries to create, you know, we, for, for better or worse, we try to create an environment for everyone, but sometimes that means that part of everyone are assholes. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, you can't just put a, a "don't be an asshole" policy in and have everyone follow it because yeah. it's just going to happen sometimes. Um, and it's no fault of the APPs, but it's certainly everyone's um, duty to kind of change the climate. Well, 
everybody can always do more, you know, so I, I, do, I would never want to make an excuse and say, oh, hey, we've tried, we've made policies, you know, our hands are clean. Uh, it's, it's our community, it's our event, um, you know, and it, it, it's everyone's responsibility. It's the APP's responsibility, the board's responsibility, that if you see someone doing that, even if it's someone you know, even if it's someone you've had lunch with, even if it's someone who's a Facebook friend or whatever, it's like, you know, if someone's being an asshole, you should pull them aside and be like, hey, you know, you know what you're, you're doing here? You're making these people really uncomfortable. I feel like that's kind of like a wishy-washy, weak way for me to put it, though. So, you know, what are some of the other things that you feel about conference? Like, are, are there obvious improvements that you see? Uh, is it, you know, having uh, a, a wider ear? Is it having you know, different panels of people that are giving input? Like, what do you, what do you think are some of the steps that can be made? Really, I think most of the steps that I've seen put in place by the APP are brilliant. There have been specific issues that have needed to be dealt with, and I think those were dealt with really well without being too specific about the issues. Um, just for one, the women's roundtable that happened last year um, was brilliant that it gave uh, female piercers a chance to say what they really feel needs to be said before this last female board member leaves <laughs> leaves the committee yeah well um. I, I know that the the uh the election announcement hasn't hasn't been made yet because voting is still open but yes. i i really think that there are some super super strong female candidates and i definitely think that we're going to have Absolutely. Much more female representation yeah. very shortly. I think so. And I, I, yeah. I do think, um, you know, that that class had um, a lot to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there were a few people who just needed a platform to really express what they saw going on. So what was kind of the, the vibe in there? Was it, you know, we need to kind of group together to move an agenda forward? Was it we need to open the door for more people to have a louder voice? Like what was kind of the, the feel? Um, the vibe in there was really just that we needed to sort of give a, a wider platform for people to be heard on. It wasn't really agenda-based. Um, I don't feel like it was. Really felt like um, an open invitation and kind of a call to action, really, mm -hmm. a chance to be supported, um, a chance to support people who want to be supported, the open invitation to be included in the discussions, to be included um, in the organization. The thing that the thing that bums me out sometimes, and I know that this is like a shitty thing for someone like me to say, is that that access has always been there, and I just feel. I feel like it's a failure of communication that people haven't felt like that access is there. Uh, so the APP has always been, you know, when I say the APP, uh, it's difficult to kind of lump everything in because there's there's a different board of directors every few years. There's a different group of people picking classes and running conference and volunteering and doing all these things. But I think in general, the APP ha has always been really open to just hearing everyone's voice and they just have to... Unfortunately, they just kind of have to fit it into the formula of how we hear voices. You know, it's, uh, that's why I always try to tell people like exactly what you're doing. Write an article for the point, write a proposal and submit it to the board of directors and things like that. You know, I, I think one of the least effective things that someone can do 
is make a Facebook post and then comment on a Facebook post and like it and, and say, you know, hey, this thing should be changed. Somebody should change it and then leave, leave it at that, you know. I think what you're doing is exactly what you should be doing. You know, you you go to the roundtables, you have the conversations with people, you write the article, you know, you, you come on a podcast, you, you teach a class, all those things. Um, I, I don't think that people are really held back from that. I just think it's that people haven't been uh, communicated to well enough to understand where they want to send their voice. I agree 100%. I was actually sitting in the women's roundtable at conference last year um, where somebody said, listen, if you if you want some support, just ask. If you need a job to do, if you feel like there's a position you can be put in, just ask. And right. it, like a light bulb went on <laughs> over my head. I just like, I hadn't considered it um, because for some you know, newer people, non-APP members, you know, aspiring APP members, the whole thing is so intimidating. Right. It's just like these, these are like the giants that, and we're standing on your shoulders basically. And like, we don't even ask to to climb up. We just stand at the bottom and stare up. Right. It's like, you know. There's, there's a gap. There's an experience gap and it just widens and widens and widens because uh, it's kind of that culture of, Oh, I know that person from Instagram. I know that person from Facebook. They must be a big deal. And it's like, no, yeah, it's not. They just have more time to dick around on Instagram. You know, <laughs> um, like the APP is a is a volunteer organization. So I mean, really, the only the only hard line is member or not member. Really, other than that, it's really just anybody can do anything as long as they can communicate what they want to do well enough. Yeah. Uh, so for anyone listening, um, if you are a member. Uh, and if you have any sort of suggestions, you know, the, the easiest way to do it is you can email secretary at safepiercing.org. If you have a proposal, um, the secretary, uh, currently Aaron Pollock, can direct you to uh, the forms that you would want to fill out. Once you fill out that form, your submission goes to uh, the appropriate people. It goes to the board of directors or it goes to the curriculum committee or it goes to the point and your voice is heard at that point you know so you don't want to you don't want to wait around for someone else to hand you an opportunity or to do the work that you want done um, it's one of those things where you you roll up your sleeves and, and you do it and then the work is done it's a volunteer organization and every member has equal access so what are some of the things that that you that you're working on. I know you're working on the, the point article. Are you are you kind of like nudging towards membership a little bit? I am trying very hard. I am. I'm not currently in a position right now where I can just go out and apply for membership. I know it's not just going out and playing. It's a lot of hard work. Um, but I'm not quite at that point where I can, you know, start making my video and all that. Um, but I'm working very hard to be towards that point. With it. What are some of the bigger challenges? Because I think sometimes people focus so much on jewelry, jewelry, jewelry. And it's like, you know, depending on how many months you're willing to wait, anybody can buy the jewelry. I think the hard part is, you know, environmental criteria, changing your studio, especially if a studio owner doesn't really want to spend that money. Very so, much so what are some of the roadblocks? Um, yeah, the definitely. Um, if you don't own your own studio, um, potentially your studio owner isn't, um, all that interested or just doesn't understand um, what it would take to be an APP member or how it would benefit his or her business. Um, it can be really tough um, to explain that here I'm going to implement a bunch of changes and we're going to spend all this money, but it's an investment and it's an, a good investment. You know, it takes time um, it, 
and it takes a solid plan. Um, sometimes you you don't have the money right away, or you know you're sometimes you're not in a stable financial position to invest that money, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes honestly you don't have the time to invest in it yet. Sometimes it's tough because, you know, if you got to think a refit, you know, let's say you have one piercing area, you know, and then what what do you do if you if you need to renovate it? Do you stop piercing for a month or two or three or however long it takes the contractors to do their work? Yeah. So stuff like that can be tough. You know, I, I know that some people, the, the hard part about that kind of conversation is you have piercers who are already there. They've already put in that work and like they're reaping the rewards of it. You know, they have maybe a little bit more financial security and freedom, wiggle room to do what they want. And it's 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 kind of insulting for those piercers to say like, oh, just, just put in an extra sink. And it's like, yeah, but do you know what it takes to put in an extra sink? You know, like an inspection and a permit and a process and plumbers and all that stuff. So um, I... I I totally get that. You know, I, you know, I've been piercing for roughly 20 years and I've only been an APP member for like six, seven, something like that, you know? So I totally get that it's a process. It's a long process sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Just, it's just tough. (laughs) So going back to kind of conference and uh, just like the, the, the concept of race, like where does some of that other tension come from? Do you feel like it's like a societal issue where some people consciously or subconsciously minimize people that are different from them? Absolutely. I do think there's a lot of minimization going on. Um, and in a way I get it. Um, you know, our, our conference is held in the U S <laughs> and the U S has a pretty decent history of of minimizing people's plights of, right. of not wanting to talk about them um we don't have the greatest um history uh, just with racial tension it, it's very strange gender tension too gender tension gender too inequality. absolutely gender inequality um it's funny because it feels like just a few years ago we were at this point where i was like oh maybe we're gonna live in some like post-racial America right. <laughs> and that, and that just got America. so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even that was kind of silly of us to, you know, to really think about um, just because everyone is different. There's does no good to us not to acknowledge that we're all different. Right. Um, there's never going to be s- such sort of things post-racial. Um, yeah. And, and the best thing, I think, to do is just to open up discussion about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't have to be at each, other, each other's throats. We can disagree about things, but we really, we need to at least have a discussion about right. them. Right. Um, if we're going to have discussions about gender, about queer piercers, about, you know, women piercers, then maybe we should have... A discussion about piercers of color it just makes sense too yeah um what do you think is is an appropriate forum for it because the one problem the, the obvious forum is do something big at conference but the problem is the way that we have just logistically the way that we have to book out conference like next year's conference that's going to happen six months from now is already that's already it's all decided all the classes the whole schedule is already being put together the instructors are already picked all that stuff so um, I think some people kind of get 
they get really motivated to to start these conversations but then once they hit that roadblock of okay we we totally want to give you this forum but we can't do it until 2020 i think they they hit that wall and then their their motivation is kind of dashed or it's it's almost sometimes turned into resentment where it's like we need to have this conversation now not a year and a half from now so if if we can't have something like a, a, a room put aside for a roundtable or a panel discussion or something like what what can be a, a, an appropriate forum for it? You know, is there something that you know we can just have an impromptu kind of thing at conference? Is it using other media? Is it using the internet? Is it using print? What? I absolutely think we could we could use um, print. We could definitely use um, an online forum. I mean, there's no reason we couldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I worry a little bit about it eventually turning into an us versus them sort of mentality. I'm very, very aware that that would get us nowhere. Um, And also, I feel like in sort of a unique position of kind of being in the middle of things, I'm... feel like I was lucky enough um, to be adopted into an all-white family. My older sister's white, my older brother's white, my parents are white. And so I, I feel like being a black person in America gives me um, a very rounded view of things where, where I could have easily taken an us-versus-them mentality and us versus them view because of my family it's kind of flipped that on its side it's given me uh just a a different perspective on things i'm sure (laughs) um i definitely want the discussion to be all-inclusive i don't ever want anyone to think well oh you know okay there's this piercer of color forum, you know, I shouldn't join because that's for them, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Well, I I think one thing is, so someone like myself and just a little bit of background, like my cousins are African-American, you know, so like there's, there's a lot of diversity in my family, you know, it's not like I'm going to put that on my website and be like, oh, hey, you know, like I've got a a black cousin, you know, like something like that, because (laughs) I think that's one of the shittiest ways that you can be like, I'm not racist. I know, you know, Uh, but, um, when it when it comes to the people that want to to listen, I think sometimes you feel like um, I I don't know how to just dis- how to describe it uh, and and not sound like a buffoon. Like it's like you feel you feel awkward just wanting to participate in the conversation because I think at some point you have this uh, sense of like should I listen? Should I speak? Um, should I be invited? Should I invite myself? Like all these all these different things. And I think some people just don't know how to be involved in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that sounds like a very valid fear. And I would say, yeah, it's kind of it's coming from both sides. It's definitely coming from, you know, maybe the the white piercer who wants to to just voice his opinion a little bit on a matter. Hey, maybe he's um um not quite taken out of context. Um, Because that's that's kind of a cop out, (laughs) but uh, not. I do feel like it's coming from both sides. Um, A little bit the feeling of being afraid to voice their opinion. Perhaps there's 
uh, a white piercer who wants to voice their opinion on a subject maybe they feel slightly misrepresented in their in their opinions um, and it's also coming from the the piercer of color who wants to speak up and voice their opinion but they feel like their voice is going to be drowned out or they feel that um, they're going to kind of be pushed to the sidelines because people aren't seeing things their way right. um, and so it can be really frustrating to try and sit down and have the discussion right. <laughs> um, and it's also intimidating mm-hmm. just to have the discussion when when you feel like you could say one wrong thing or or slightly misrepresent yourself and and that's it and you know right. you're you're a demon <laughs> right well you know it's it, there are a lot of parallels to the the harassment conversations that happened a year ago or two years ago things like that you know um, some people I think went into a conversation thinking I'm here to help and by the end of the conversation they were just like I am not helping at all and people were just like hey you're not helping why don't you just shut up um, so I, I think people have a fear of just getting involved in a conversation that they feel like they don't have a natural place in. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and so I feel like it's important for everyone, everyone who feels slightly comfortable or comfortable enough to discuss it, even through their discomfort, to do so. Um, because some people are just not going to have the conversation right. and you can't make them have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And it, it may be because, hey, they're just an asshole and it may be because they really don't want to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm in that category of I really just don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, I I would look at myself in the mirror and think like, hey, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty open person. You know, I, I have a lot of diversity in my life, you know, so um, what can I do to just be an ally? But at the same time, I'm just so terrified because sometimes these conversations get so heated, rightly so, and I just don't want to accidentally, just like you said, say one sentence the wrong way, which I am the king of, if you ask anyone who's ever been in a relationship with me, I am not good at articulating what's actually going on in my mind, and by the time it falls out of my mouth, I sound like a mo- like an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and that's a, that's a real fear for, I think, almost everyone. <laughs> right. And um, even if you look at the podcast that Will did, you know, he had Alicia Cardenas, who was the president of the APP. You had... Uh, Mira Hernandez, who was the the public relations representative of the APP on the board of directors. You have Trevor, who is like a world class piercer, uh, and and they still they still feel that tension and they still feel that underrepresentation and they still feel those issues, even though they were in those positions of power. So I can't even. I can't even look at someone who is without that position of power and really fully understand how difficult or frustrating or heartbreaking or whatever it it might be. Yeah, because yeah, they had absolutely. they had the voice and they still had the tension and yeah. the obstacles. Yeah, and it is. It's definitely scary just being a black woman and 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 I don't own a shop. I haven't been piercing for 10 years. I Yeah, definitely. It's frustrating to feel like you're underrepresented. It's um, it's a little scary to, um, to try and discuss what that feels like. Part of me feels like I need to speak about it. And part of me is afraid to. <laughs> um, and not because, you know, I'm, I'm not afraid of any like physical threats or anything like that. I'm 
Is it that kind of fear of minimization where people look at you as like, oh, that's just a troublemaker, instigator. Absolutely. Take away the opportunities. Yep, yep, yeah. It's really that sort of, I wouldn't even know what to call it, really. There's something that goes on when there's something to be gained, anything, like even even an inch, just to get yourself up to to the position where you you see other people at sometimes power just brings out the worst in people and that's just the way it is right just to, to just kind of throw out like a crappy analogy is it's it's like if you think of it like a pie some people look at it as every slice of this pie that i give to someone else is a slice that i can't have absolutely and that yeah that's that's absolutely the way it it feels sometimes i think that's absolutely correct if if the piercing world is is this giant pie you know and every every slice is a little bit, let's say, a little bit of attention, a mm-hmm. little bit of something, you know, even just taking the, the slightest bit, you know, just to bring someone's attention to something, somebody's going to be salty about it. Right. <laughs> yeah, and that's just kind of the way it is. And so it's it's tough that way. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you have to. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, so I, a good example of that is, you know, we were in the, the board of directors meeting this year and... Um, these are people that want to instruct and then it's our job to kind of throw it together and be like okay we have to pick the classes and who's teaching them and I think a lot of times we just look at a list of the names and we think like I know this name or I don't know this name and we don't think like you know okay what what are these people really capable of you know so this year um, you need to you need to think it can't just be um, the the class that you want like think of the class that the industry wants, the industry needs, and think of who would be good to teach it and, and think diversity amongst the, the teaching staff, you know? Don't just think, I know this person because I've seen a class that they've taught before. Think like, okay, this person has been trying to, to work their way in and they, they're ready for an opportunity, you know? So you have to really look at it that way where you're not trying to hold on to all of it and think, you know, I want to teach all the classes uh, me, me, me. You have to think, um, we have to move the industry forward, you know, whether it's gender issues or race issues or just overall progression, you know, and a a huge part of what Paul was doing is saying, okay, we need to give more opportunities to a lot of the instructors who have felt underrepresented, misrepresented in the industry. So I think for, for conference 2019, you're going to see a huge shift in who's teaching the classes and, you know, a lot of people getting their first opportunity and and a lot of diversity amongst who's teaching, you know, it's not going to just be uh, two white guys standing at the front of the class in every single class. You know, it's going to be diversity of, of people getting a lot of opportunities for the first time. And I think that's amazing. Um, but I don't think that anybody can sit back on their laurels, pat themselves on the back and be like, we fixed it. It's good. You know, yeah. I, I think we still have a, a, like a ton of work to do in the industry to make it feel like everyone's industry. Absolutely. Definitely. And that goes... Yeah, that goes beyond just the piercers. Um, that definitely, that goes on to studio owners, aftercare companies, jewelry companies. Um, I mean, it's pretty obvious, but just look at who we market to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look at our advertising. Right. Um, it's a lot of the same faces. Yeah, it, it's a lot of the same faces, a lot of the same look. Um, and uh, we could definitely be more diverse in that area. Right. Um, I mean, the reality is I don't think we ever have more than 10 black piercers at conference. If um, that. If that, yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I have never seen more than eight. I'm being generous when I say 10. Um, 
so yeah i i i do feel like um kind of the only way from you know the only way is up from here Mm -hmm. Uh, you know what are what are just some of the things that the app can can do because we've tried we've tried different forms of outreach um to to just make ourselves feel more inclusive and and welcoming because i think if someone looks at all those pictures that end up on social media and they see a lot of like you said the same look the same faces the same type of representation uh they might have this this thought whether it's conscious or subconscious of well i don't is this conference really for me you know or is it for them or you know who is who is this conference for um we've tried different things where we haven't tried to target target something so specific as like, oh, let's go to a tattoo convention and get just the people at that tattoo convention. We've tried it, hasn't really done much for us. So, you know, one outreach project that uh, Jeff Saunders pushed forward with, with a huge amount of help from Kale Belford was to just basically say, all right, we're going to go state by state and we're going to we're going to send a personalized letter to every piercer we can find in an entire state. Uh, and that's another thing is, you know, nobody really talks about it because Jeff is such like a sweet guy he's not going to be like well I'm trying I'm trying I'm trying (laughs) to be more representative and instead of just putting it on Facebook where you have um, the same kind of people that follow that social media and it's just you're just building that same kind of group to try to reach out from it and just get everybody in the state you know and uh, we've we've tried things with uh, different photo shoots to try to increase our representation for the different kinds of faces you see in our in our social media and our advertising and things like that and we still haven't gotten, you know, much more diversity at conference. So do you feel like it's a, a slow progress where people will have to kind of start to see like, okay, these people look like me. So now I'm, I feel more comfortable to go or like, what do you, what do you, what do you yeah. think could help to, to make it feel more welcoming and opening to everyone? I definitely, I feel like it's, it's a slow process. Um, I feel like if everyone did their best, you know, changed overnight started marketing to everyone like um you know like push this really hard this uh feeling of inclusivity amongst uh piercers of colors it would still take a long time mm-hmm. it's just gonna take a long time to turn around um uh but i one of the things i really liked one of the ideas i thought was really great um that i heard on will's podcast um with Elisa and Miro and Trevor was the idea of perhaps having a scholarship for a piercer of color. I, I think that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, don't leave the logistics up to me. I don't know where the money would come from. Right. Um, but just the idea of that is really is is a great idea. Sure. Uh, I love the idea of putting a, a forum out there for piercers of color that doesn't have to come from the APP. It could come from anyone really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a great idea. Um, well, here's 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 a radical idea. <laughs> Why don't you make one? Yeah, I, yeah, I could. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, once I finish the article. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if if it was something like a scholarship, my so my my fear is that shitty white people out there would say, well, there's there's not a scholarship for for this or for that, you know, because there have been. Uh, there, there was the Andromeda scholarship for women only and people actually complained, you know, like not a lot of people, but you know, the type of person that would complain about something like that. Um, so do you feel like that is, uh, should be a private scholarship? Do you feel like it's appropriate for the APP to basically 
and I don't, I don't think it would be an individual scholarship for it, but maybe a, like a, because we have like, you know, we have multiple people that get scholarships. Yes. Do you feel like it would be appropriate or inappropriate if one was kind of put aside? Because we thought about putting aside a certain amount of scholars from, you know, international attendees, things like that. Do you feel like it's appropriate or inappropriate to say person of color, different gender identities? I do feel like it's appropriate. Um, I feel like because of where we landed now, I do think it's appropriate now. Maybe it'll stop being appropriate. Um, you know, it, maybe we will have equal amounts piercers of color um, and equal amounts white piercers and equal amount male and female piercers and shop owners. But until that gap is closed a little bit i do feel like it's appropriate and there are going to be people who complain it's no just, matter what there's going to be somebody <laughs> no matter that complains what about somebody's going to complain about it yeah. and it's going to happen but that doesn't mean that it's unfair mm-hmm. so i i can tell you from like a behind the curtain kind of thing um you know i've been part of the scholarship selection process for i don't even know how many years at this point five or six or however many um and we we get hardly any hardly any applicants from certain kinds of communities you know um we, we get a lot of uh, applicants from Europe at this point. You know, we get, you know, of course, we get the U.S. and Canada and, you know, general North American region. Um, we don't get a lot uh, from uh, Latin American communities, South American communities, Central American communities. We don't get a lot of applicants from different racial communities. Uh, and how do you feel like the APP can can communicate to people to say the the scholarship is open to everyone and say, you know, we, we would, if you feel like you're underrepresented or if you feel like you haven't gotten an opportunity, like we want to offer this opportunity and this opportunity is available for everyone. Like, how do we, how do we communicate that effectively? I feel like said just that way in the way that you said it is, is perfect. I mean, maybe Put it out with the scholarships when you're announcing the scholarship. Maybe get it up on the website. Um, sometimes it helps just hearing it. Mm-hmm. Just hearing, hey, maybe you feel like you're un- underrepresented. Maybe you feel like you haven't had the opportunities that some other piercers have. Right. Um, maybe it's a sort of just a geographic location sort of mm-hmm. thing where you're never going to get out of this town. Right. You know, and, and, and just say that, I think. Right. Because, uh, like you were saying, it, it's really it's everyone's job to kind of work on this, and uh, and if you if you don't speak up, maybe maybe you won't get that opportunity. Yeah, um, it's not because people don't want you to have it; it's because they don't know that you need it. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's difficult for it's difficult for people to kind of even rationalize that. And an, another thing that I I would say that being on the board of directors has really been hugely beneficial to my my personal life too just making me more of a critical thinker and like Jeff Saunders again you know he's going to come up a lot in these conversations because he's just such a good critical thinker Um, he really helps people to try to see past their own bias and I think one of the worst biases that someone can have is for them to think that they don't have biases Mm -hmm. and for for me you know I, I try to think okay I've got people in my family, people in my life that are this, that, and whatever. So obviously, you know, I'm not biased. But then I have to look at it as I've, I've never had to look at a, a conference and think, uh, oh, that's not that's not for me. Like, I just, I look at it as just like, you know, straight white American male. Like, you know, obviously this is all for my, my benefit, you know. And um, it's one of those things where I haven't had to uh, struggle and, and 
force my way in or wait for someone to put that hand out or something like that, you know? So I, I don't want to think in terms of like, well, it, it, it was easy for me. It's obviously going to be easy for anyone. You know, like that's one of the worst mistakes I think you can make because I don't know how someone else feels on the other side of it where they, they feel, uh, okay, you know, there's, there's something about me that makes me feel like I'm not part of their club, whether mm-hmm. it's gender or race or whatever identity I, I might have. Yeah. And it's, it's tough for people to even think about it in those terms of like, well, not everyone's going to have it as easy as I had it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because it uh, kind of extends to all areas. I was um, speaking to a, a black piercer friend of mine and I was saying, you know, when we're all at conference and, you know, right after um, right after banquet, usually people are hanging out. Um, downstairs in the lobby area and this this year is going to be new (laughs) Um, new lobby but uh, you know do you like hanging out there and like talking to people and and he was like no usually usually I don't it just it uh, it's not really a climate I want to be in Um, so you know me and another piercer of color usually just you know grab a drink somewhere or kind of go off um on our own and i and he was telling me this and i was thinking okay all right um and and he said but sometimes i think about it and i think well maybe they think we don't want to be there maybe they're you know they get the impression that we've sort of isolated ourselves and you know we don't want to be included um and it, it was just just an interesting thing to think about um it's kind of like that the the chicken and the egg kind of thing it's like i don't feel super comfortable um because these people haven't made me feel comfortable but then it's like you know we feel awkward because they're not comfortable and it's like this i don't know it's it's difficult yeah. like how yeah, do you how do you bridge that gap you know? yeah yeah and and I, yeah i feel the only way to to start bridging the gap is is just to um, to make everyone aware that it exists. Right. Um, but I think it's fairly obvious to everyone that it exists. <laughs> it is, but I think you have I think you have these weird pockets of people. You have the people who know the gap is there and don't care because they don't they don't. If it's something, maybe it's like they don't value the people on the other side of the gap as much. And those are the worst kind of people. And those people just don't come to conference. Um, but then you have the other people who are like, okay, I know there's a gap there, but I don't I don't know what to do about it. You know, I don't personally know someone where I can, like, they might not know your name or anyone else's name where they can walk up and be like, hey, you know, and just have a conversation and some, you know, how many awkward wallflowers are there at a conference that just yeah. don't start a conversation with oh, anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like maybe a stronger emphasis on non-bar related activities could could be a benefit do you feel yeah. like it's because it's very clicky it's very clicky it is out very in that clicky. bar area even for yeah. someone like me who kind of knows everybody like i i still i i pinball around like doink 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 like this group to this group and i i don't feel super comfortable with most of them yeah yeah i think um having having that game night helped a mm-hmm. lot definitely um I, I do the same thing. I bounce around the bar area and I, yeah, I'm generally not with one specific group. But yeah, um, just spreading, spreading activities out um, outside of outside of the classes um, could help. Uh, do you feel like, and I, you know, I've talked about this to other people, there's still this kind of uh, baggage from the the tattoo parlor, 
mentality that's connected to our industry where it's kind of like, you know, it's a lot of dudes, you know, and for a long time in the industry, if there was a, a, a woman piercer, tattooer, uh, anyone related to the industry, it was like, oh, no, oh, whose girlfriend are you? You know, kind of that mentality. So do you feel like that? Do, do you feel like uh, gender relations are getting better at all? Do you feel like it's still as wide of a gap as it was maybe 10 years ago? Honestly, I'm not sure. To be fair, I haven't. You know, I haven't even been piercing seven years, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, so it's it, it's hard for me to say. Um, I do think things are getting a little better um, just because there's more awareness towards it. Um, and so there are there's more support for women. Um, I know it's, it still exists, though. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was speaking to a, another female piercer who was saying, you know, I really like I'm I'm not out of my apprenticeship yet. Um, I'm really uh, having a hard time. Um, I'm feeling a little undervalued. I'm feeling like I'm being made to do brunt work. Um, I'm uncomfortable with the way they're speaking. And I, I kind of asked her how what she was doing to to, you know, be supported or, you know, how she was being supported. And she told me that the basic response was well you're almost out of it deal with it until you're done mm -hmm. and i was totally disheartened by that yeah um because you want to think that that there's going to be someone there to tell you oh you know you you don't have to put up with that mm -hmm. you know um start looking for other shops or you know i own a shop maybe i can teach you a few things or something like that but it that wasn't that wasn't the response that she got. And yeah. it, it could be a little more personal. There, I, I'm sure there are factors going on that I I don't know about. I'm not in her situation, but it it's definitely getting better. Um, but the idea that some people are having a harder time mm -hmm. based on on a uh, on their sex, on their race, on their uh, aspects of their identity that they can't control at all. Mm -hmm. um, Totally lost that train of thought. No, I, I get what you're. <laughs> I get what you mean, though, and it's kind of going back to that concept of if I speak up, I'm going to lose my opportunity, and I just need this opportunity to get past this bullshit. Actually, that's one thing I definitely want to speak on. Sure. Um, what I've seen are a lot of piercers afraid to speak out because they feel like they're going to lose their opportunity. And that is so upsetting to me. Yeah. That's one thing um, that really, I feel like, kicked my butt into gear is realizing how many people just don't speak up because they're afraid to lose their opportunity. Or, you know, they'll go along with some ridiculous, <laughs> you know, just we all know what it's what it means not not to fit in, whether we jump through hoops to fit in or we do fit in naturally, or we don't fit in at all. And one of the really hard things about conference is that it is really clicky, but if you find yourself in the right click, one that's going to sort of give you a leg up, mm -hmm. maybe you won't want to leave. Yeah. Um, and even when it's time to leave, even when it's time to say, guys, this is not a good idea, some people just will not. Um, and I think that's is one of the most detrimental things yeah. In our industry, yeah. really. Right. 
you know, the, what, what, I forget what the saying is, but it's like, um, all evil has to do to succeed is for good people to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really that. We don't have to capitalize on other other people's suffering because it's yeah. just wrong. Right. It's it goes strong. back to that concept of just it's all politics and it's all the slices of the pie and all that stuff. You know, if you don't have any slices and you think that, okay, this person can give me access to a slice of pie, but they're a shitty person. You're like, what do I want more? You know, like, mm-hmm. do I want the pie or do I want out of this situation? Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen... I've seen and talked to so many people around the world. You know, it's not just an American issue. It's definitely, uh, America has really taken it full force. American <laughs> supersized, you know, but um, it's everywhere in the world. You know, it, uh, people put up with uh, apprenticeships that go way beyond hazing. People put up with work environments that go way beyond, oh, just like joking around, you know, and people hang out in social circles that's way beyond like, you know, oh, you know, they're just, you know, they they like to say stuff that's controversial. It's like no no it's 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 beyond that you yeah. know it's yeah. it's it's I don't know it's bad people yeah yeah. What are some of the things? I mean I I know that it's difficult to just you know fix society with a podcast or a Pearson conference you know uh, because they're they're definitely not all these issues they're not just body piercer issues you know it's body piercing is part of overall society and you're gonna have these issues in every industry. Um, in, in every corner of the, the world and, and everybody's going to deal with this in, in their own way. Um, it's, it's really disheartening to me to sometimes meet body piercers or hear about body piercers, people just connected to this industry that, that have those tendencies because the whole, I feel like to me, the whole body piercing industry is based on we didn't feel like we fit anywhere. So we made we made something where we fit, and then to turn that into something where someone else doesn't feel like they fit into it seems like a disservice to why you care about body art and self expression and modification and, and all these things, you know. And if you look at uh, the start of the industry, you know, and Gauntlet and you know Gauntlet being in, inclusive, you know, and and you know Elaine Angel being like really pushed at the forefront, all these different things, and. Uh, and then BME, you know, like, I don't know, how, how deep were you into BME? Were you into BME? Um, a little bit, like, uh, a very, very little bit at, right at the beginning, um, of starting to pierce and, um, from becoming just a piercy to becoming a piercer. Right. Um, and then it kind of fell to the wayside a little bit for yeah, me. Well, BME yeah. kind of fell to <laughs> the wayside too. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the, the spirit of BME was always, um, be yourself and express yourself and celebrate yourself. But at the same time, you have to allow someone else to do those same things. You know, you have to, you have to respect, you know, okay. When it, when you say respect everyone, like I know that that's kind of like a, a double-edged sword because you can't respect shitty people sometimes, you know, yeah, yeah. but it's one of those things where you have to give everybody a, a chance to express themselves, you know? Uh, and, just to just to see that there are people hanging on to certain things in society and bringing it into this industry where it's it's not really about that it's about me and mine and not about us yeah and one thing i i learned um was that you really have to measure group success in any organization if you value the people who are part of the organization you have to find a way for the people on the outskirts just to just to 
feel like they're heard or um, just to be acknowledged that they're they are part of that group mm-hmm. um, and that extends to every group everywhere right I'm trying to think of in terms of how how these issues can fit into the infrastructure of the existing APP you know and you know I, I think it would be great to maybe have rather than just saying we have to wait for someone exceptional to take the time to make an article and put that in there what you know if it was just like well let's let's try to have the mandate of every issue of of the point is going to have something on some sort of equality issue you know and and just have that be a recurring thing you know and social media is so difficult like we we've already had we already have the mandate out there for the APP social media of like we need to not just have, you know, it started out with diversity of what types of body piercings we were showing. And it's like, we need to have more than just doth piercings every other picture, you know? We need to have more than just ear piercings every other picture. And then it started to turn into, yeah, but you know what? We need to have more than just like white skin in every single picture that's on our social media. Because, you know, if you have a bunch of body piercers who kind of identify with with that, you have this whole other section of the world that doesn't identify with that and then after a while if they see that you know a hundred pictures in a row they're going to think like you know body piercing even for me you know and 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 what do you what do you do again to kind of put that hand out and it's it's definitely tough you know um i think a lot more people need to understand they have uh, an ear you know they can have a voice within the organization and you know if if you feel like um, no one is giving you a, a chance to speak or a, a chance to be heard, more importantly. Um, realize that the opportunity is there for, for everyone. And, you know, even if you're not a member, that's another really important thing. Like that, that barrier for member, not member doesn't exist when it comes to, um, you know, suggesting classes or submitting content, all that stuff. We want everything from everyone, you know, whether it's um, a different racial identity, a different gender identity, just a different identity of different cultures around the world. You know, if you want more representation for the country you live in, the city you live in, you know, uh, your your friend circle, any of that stuff. Like the APP is is hungry for that kind of content, uh, and all you have to do is submit it. So submit it, basically. I think the 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 main thing that I want to say is um, nobody's ever gonna nobody within the APP is ever gonna get is ever going to receive a good idea and be like, no, we don't want to do that because of this or that. You know, it's like, yeah, sure. You want to write an article on any issue that's relevant to the body piercing industry. It's it's going to get published Just with the caveat of if it's terribly written, we're probably going to edit it and give you some notes and suggestions on how to polish it up a little bit. Um, but we're, we're not going to say no to any subject that's relevant to the body piercing industry. Is there anything else that you wanted to... To kind of share, like, are there are there points that you're making in the the article that we haven't touched on? Actually, there are quite a few are uh, points oh, my in the Lord. article, but but um, I'm fine with that because I actually kind of wanted to leave them in the article. Sure, and, and, and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, leave some things here. Um, what what is the the class that you're teaching with Jeff next year? I am teaching a class on apprenticeships. Cool. Yeah. So um, just. To kind of like move in a little bit more into like you specifically, mm-hmm. uh, I just think it's super neat. Like it's okay. So I know you as a as a body piercer from New York, and Wappingers Fall. Am I pronouncing yep, that correctly? Correct. Wappingers Falls. Wappingers Falls or Wappingers. Wappingers. I don't know Falls. who 
who came who up Wappinger with <laughs> no, is, no, no. But no, it's no, their no. fault. It, it's Wappinger's Indians, actually. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, it's just, it's really neat having that kind of six degrees of Kevin Bacon because your mentor is someone that I first met as I was first coming into the industry. <laughs> yeah. Allison. Yeah. And uh, you got to forgive me, but how do you pronounce Allison's last name? Lahaikainen. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I asked the same thing and she looked at me like she wanted to rip my head off. Right. Well, okay. People with complicated last names know that pain. Sorry, Allison. Yeah. But, um, you know, for anybody who's listened to the episode that I recorded with my mom, where I was talking about how I got into body piercing, um, Allison was the person who randomly showed up in Hot Topic one day when I was working there. And first person I'd ever seen with rose gold jewelry. And it like, it really flipped it on my head. And did you ever, did you ever get to meet Christopher? You know, I'm, I may not have actually. I'd... He was a character. He was okay. a character. No, and, if, uh, I, if I would have remembered. No, I think I may have seen pictures. I think of him, you would have remembered. Really, yeah. really ahead of his time. Um, and that, that their shop, Bod Mod USA, flipped my whole perspective of body piercing like on its head. You know, because I, I was just kind of dipping my toes into the internet at that point and seeing a little bit of stuff on BME and in like Tattoo Savage magazine and all that stuff. So I knew that the world that I wanted to be part of was out there somewhere, somewhere but I didn't know anyone that was in that world. And they were the first people that were really in that world, you know. They were they were really the only shop that I knew of in pretty much all in New England at the time that was like all internal thread jewelry and doing like surface piercings and all kinds of genital piercings and just really cool progressive forward thinking work and this was like 1999 you know something something like that and it that really hadn't hit New England yet you know and uh, it was just really cool you know and then everybody kind of goes their own way and Bod Mod closes and Allison moves off and then it's just kind of cool that like years later it's like okay who who are you working with you're working at, at Graceland isn't that where Allison works and it was just this cool kind yeah. of six degrees sort of thing yeah totally so it's really neat <laughs> so how did you how did you end up starting there um so I moved up from the city after a family member. When you say the city, up. you're talking about New York yes, City? Yes, sorry. Okay. I moved up from New York City, um, grew up in Brooklyn, um, moved up to Wappingers after my brother moved there. Um, and I was kind of scoping the little town out um, a couple months before I moved there. And I kind of was looking at the shops and I walked into Graceland um, and I think i went up to the owner and i i said hey I'm, I'm a piercer um and i'm looking for a job you know do you guys need a second piercer um and at that point allison had been working six days a week on her own for oh, quite goes. some time yeah um and uh so they said you know come back um with your portfolio let us check it out you know maybe we have a spot for you came back um and i told them where i'd worked at and Allison was like, yeah, I've heard of that shop. Okay. Um, and she took a look at my work and she was, you know, I'm very thankful that she was willing to to um, make some room for me. So that was really cool of her. Cool. Um, Do you feel like uh, that area of New York is kind of your, your long-term plan? Do you have any thoughts about hopping somewhere? I have thoughts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have thoughts. Yeah. Um, I do. Um, I never actually thought you know at this point i've been there for four years now um and i wasn't even sure i was going to be there for that long right um so it was nice that it worked out like that but i i'm i like to travel um Mm -hmm. i like to move around a lot and i'm totally totally open to to moving around i i don't i'm not 
stuck by any means. Right. Um, I, I'm comfortable there, sure, but but I I would love to to be in other spots too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I can I can definitely say for any younger piercer listening, like if you get an opportunity to, you know. It's it's difficult to transplant transplant your life somewhere, you know. Um, but if you get the opportunity to, to guest spot and to travel and get out there and see that wider perspective, especially if you get the opportunity to get outside of the U.S., you know, because the U.S. is definitely this bubble of you know the U.S. piercing industry is really its own animal, you know. And the piercing industry in Canada is so much different, and Europe is so much different, and Central and South America is so much different, you know. And Get out there, you know, and, and see see as much of it as you can or try to get to a conference or something like that. But, uh, you know, I I grew up 20 minutes from here, you know, and then I ended up opening a shop here. And it's like I am I am stuck here for better or worse. You know, I, I like Nashua. I love my shop. I love the people I work with, but I am stuck here, yeah, which I think yeah. is part of the reason why I like to jump around so much and mm-hmm. travel as much as I can because I never got to do that when I was younger. Yeah. Inching your way towards membership. Um, and like very rapidly approaching, uh, instructing at the APP conference and and writing articles for the point and stuff like that. And, uh, and how much of that do you feel like was you just kind of saying, I'm just going to do this versus someone kind of saying, Hey, would you like to do this? For me, it was, it was definitely a mixture of the two. I felt like I needed to be nudged a little bit into finding my place, but I was very much willing to and wanting to um and and you know when we're speaking about um last conference before when i when i heard um that person say you know if you want an opportunity maybe speak up for it i did Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i then realized like hey i don't i don't have to be a member right now just to to put in that work the work that I, i wanted to put in for a long time but didn't didn't necessarily feel like I, I could, I, I, I jumped on it. Cool. Well, That's I'm glad you did. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to, to working with you at some point in the future. You know, I think it'd be cool to maybe teach yeah, a class with you or definitely, something. Definitely, so, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, so uh, kind of on that related topic, technically my shop opens in 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. So you want to go to work? <laughs> yeah, let's go. Okay, all right. Uh, so one more time, um, where are you working? What's social media? How do people get in touch with you? I'm working at Graceland Tattoo, and that's in Wappingers Falls, New York. Um, you can find me on Instagram at VictoriaMod underscore. Um, I'm also on Facebook. My Facebook is private, but I'm a very friendly person. <laughs> you know, send me a message, add me. I'll probably add you back. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for talking to me. Thank you. And especially, you know, it's a, t- it's a difficult subject. So extra thank you for talking to me. And, and thank you for giving me a platform, too. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. I appreciate your time as always. Uh, Thank you, Victoria, for coming on the show to discuss a a really difficult subject. I'd love to have you back sometime to talk about whatever else you'd like. I'm going to be out in Portland for the next few days. I'll try to get some more podcast interviews set up uh, for you while I'm out there. I'll be back next week with another show, and maybe I'll try to get you to come to another seminar in the future. So thanks for listening, and tune in again next time. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. 